The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with hosts Victoria and Adair Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here with her daughter Adair, a lifelong vegan and an actress, a playwright, and a stunt performer to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now let's get this party started. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair. Hey everybody, welcome to Main Street Vegan. I'm Victoria Moran. And I'm Adair Moran. And we eat plants and love animals and life is good. How are you doing this week, Adair? Oh, I'm all right. Can't complain. (laughs) That's good. I have written in lipstick on my bathroom mirror, don't complain. Because I always can. Yeah, but sometimes complaining is therapeutic. I suppose it is. But I was raised by a grandmother who was very much imbued in the unity principles. And she seemed to come by her positive attitude naturally. And I just think I have a negative attitude naturally. And so I need things like signs on my bathroom mirror that say don't complain. But I think sometimes you complain about things. And if you don't, you're just going to stew over them. Well, I don't want to go home and complain to your husband. He'll say, yeah, that's really terrible, and then you feel better. Well, actually, that does sound rather comforting. Speaking of stew, did you cook anything interesting this week? Uh, Not much. We uh, we have a lot of stuff coming up in the garden to make salads with, so there have been a lot of salads. Well, I had great food down in Florida this past week. I was at the National Health Association Conference at the Regency Health Spa in Hallandale Beach, Florida, which is in the Hollywood, Miami area. It's absolutely wonderful. It's right on the beach. And, oh, my gosh, the food that this chef can make. And it's so healthy. It's the super healthy kind of vegan food And yet, even somebody like you, who sometimes kind of poo-poos the super healthy vegan food, I think you'd have to love it. I mean, he made these these wraps that that tasted like cannoli, and and these amazing Italian dishes and Polish dishes. It was so great. And one of his desserts, the Almost Rum Balls, I have posted on our blog this week. So if anybody wants to go to um, www.mainstreetvegan.net and click on the blog, today's post is Chef John Nowakowski's Almost Rum Balls. They're just yummy little petty fours. So I was confused. Are they almost rum or almost balls? What, what no, makes them not rum balls? Well, they're definitely balls. There is no rum in them, but there's quite a bit of vanilla extract 
and it seems to have that flavor. I suppose you could use rum instead of vanilla extract. I think rum makes everything better, personally. Okay, this is why we're such good co-hosts, because here I am drinking green juice, and you are singing the praises of rum. I'm just saying, a little bit of rum. Nothing wrong with that. Well, okay. Especially in a rum ball, because is it cooked? No. Oh, then you might not want to use real rum, because in a cooked rum dessert, the alcohol cooks away. Right, but some people might want the alcohol not to cook away. I think that might taste funny. Oh, well, it tastes good with vanilla, so check out the blog. Uh, And also, if you're interested in the National Health Association, it's a wonderful group. It's been around forever. It used to be called the American Natural Hygiene Society. So anybody that read that book, Fit for Life, back in the 1980s, it sold something like 50 million copies. It was a total phenomenon. That grew out of, of this natural hygiene movement Their website now is healthscience.org. Really good people, lots of great info. We got a new vegan this week, supposedly. You're never really, really for sure with the celebrities, but we are told that Anne Hathaway is now vegan. Yeah, well, I guess she went vegan to slim down for for her Catwoman suit, and I guess it stuck. It's wonderful, and I love it that people now get it, that you go vegan to slim down. Back when I dealt with weight issues, everybody said, oh, you have to eat meat, you have to eat fish, you have to never eat rice again, you have yeah, to eat Yeah, the whole Atkins meat. thing. Oh, boy, that thing lasted for a long time, and some people still have it. It comes and goes. Seems to be one of those trends that comes back every few years. I know, and then everybody thinks it's new, except me because my dad brought me that diet from a medical convention in Las Vegas in 1965. So not new, just familiar. So let's see what else is going on in the world. A couple of things I wanted to mention. I want to give the vegan fashion site of the day Can you do a little drum roll or something? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Well, imagine the drum roll. And it is jillmilan.com. J-I-L-L-M-I-L-A-N. This company crafts the most extraordinary handbags. A percentage of the profits go to save horses. I'm not going to go into the gory details, but... Life is not good for racehorses who don't make it or racehorses oftentimes who do make it and then retire. So they are helped by Jill Milan. These handbags are made in a 250-year-old atelier in Florence that also makes the bags for Yves Saint Laurent and Balenciaga. The, the fixtures are handcrafted and the fabric or, or, or the the stuff that's not leather, the leather-like fabric that these bags are, are made from, it's no PVC. You know, so often vegans get flack. They say, well, you wear plastic. This is absolutely no PVC. And this material is so yummy that whenever I go out to speak, I always say to everybody, feel my bag, feel my bag, and they think I'm kind of strange. But when they feel it, they say, ooh, that's really fine leather. Ooh, that must be calf skin. And it's like, no, it's nobody's skin. It's this wonderful other stuff, and the designs are absolutely beautiful. Now, these are high-end luxury handbags, and I know that we're all on different budgets and spending a different amount on different things. But I just love the fact that a company like Jill Milan, just like a designer like Stella McCartney, is there in the world and being vegan and making it chic. You have one of her bags, don't you? No. Oh, that's right. You said that it was sort of like people who can't appreciate fine wine. You couldn't appreciate a fine bag. Yeah, I'm not much of a fashionista. I don't know. I don't, don't, like, it's a very pretty bag. I'm just not sure I appreciate the difference between that and a cheaper bag. Well, you know, it's good to know yourself. I think it's sort of an acquired taste. Well, I have acquired the taste. Uh, (laughs) These are great bags. So do check out JillMilan.com. And before we bring on our wonderful guests, there's just one other thing I want to talk about today. And that is a lovely woman named Kristen Berry, who is a breast cancer survivor. And I was contacted by her charming husband. You know, those of us who have good husbands, we're so lucky. You have a good husband. I do. I have a very good husband. Yeah, he's he's great. I love your husband because he loves you and my grand dogs. You know, what is not to like? Nick is a fabulous guy. You know when I knew Nick was going to be great? No, when? 
you'd only known him maybe three months, two, three months. And it was the middle of January, horrible, horrible snowstorm. We're inside and we've both got some awful flu. And he comes over with this incredible homemade marinara sauce. And then I thought, keeper. This one has potential. I think he felt bad for us because he's one of those very, very lucky people who never, ever gets sick, not even with a cold. Yeah, well, we were sick, and and he really showed his stuff. Well, this woman, Kristen Berry, has a wonderful husband like that, too, and he contacted me to let me know about her blog. It's called HealthyCancerChick.com, HealthyCancerChick.com. It is so hopeful and so informative. I just love this woman, and I've never met her. And today she is blogging about some substances in foods and, and other a vitamin and, and some food substances that can fight cancer. The first one is turmeric or, or curcumin, the principal ingredient in turmeric. You can take that as a supplement, or you can just use it a lot in your curries and Indian cooking. Green tea that we know is full of antioxidants. And in Kristen's blog, she gives the exact amounts and everything if you're using it for immunity. Vitamin D, which a whole lot of people are deficient in and may need to be supplementing. And it's also very cool that you can now get purely vegan vitamin D3, the form of vitamin D that is um, most easily assimilated. For a long time, you couldn't get that. Now you can. And then a compound in cruciferous vegetables, what are your favorite cabbage family vegetables? This is embarrassing. I'm not sure I know what all is in the cabbage family well, other than cabbage. There's broccoli. Okay. Cauliflower. I like broccoli. Yeah. Brussels sprouts. Oh, I don't love Brussels sprouts. Most people don't. O- occasionally, if they're like charred just right with mm. a little rosemary and olive oil, Ooh, they rosemary. can be good, but they have to be prepared just right. Mm, Otherwise, well, they're bitter and icky. I love Brussels sprouts, which is probably why I was not a popular child. But the cabbage family vegetables have this compound called sephoraphane that's not found anywhere else, and that's a big old anti-cancer component. Now, the next one, you'll have to go to Kristen's blog, to uh, healthycancerchick.com to learn about. They're called turkey tail mushrooms. I have never heard of that. Have you heard of that? No, and I, I thought I'd heard of most of the mushrooms. I know. Well, all the mushrooms are great, and we know even white-button mushrooms are, are a great breast cancer preventive. But these turkey tail mushrooms, evidently in Asia, they've shown that for both breast cancer and GI cancers, people given turkey tail extracts along with their chemotherapy have better survival rates than those who don't get the turkey tail stuff. And here's a cool statistic. In Japan, 25% of cancer care costs go to turkey tail therapy. Is that interesting? interesting? Yeah, I looked it up when you mentioned them since I hadn't heard of them. And apparently they're also starting to uh, to experiment and see if turkey tail mushrooms can be used for uh, for treating HIV. Really? And I don't know if anything conclusive has been found out yet or if they know if this works. But I guess they're at least hopeful that it might be... Uh, a part of the therapy that they give people? I just love the idea that God wants us to be healthy and he puts all this stuff all over everywhere that helps with that. You know, the whole earth is just growing with this stuff that is good for us. So congratulations, Kristen, on your health and your blog. Everybody check out healthycancerchick.com. And now let's just bring on our wonderful guest. Our guest today is Marissa Miller-Wolfson. And she's beautiful, and she also has a wonderful husband. Her husband is named David Wolfson. And David Wolfson said the most amazing line that I have ever heard in a talk about animal issues. He was talking about how people always ask these hypothetical questions, like, what if everybody went vegan today? What would happen to all the animals? What if? We did this, then what would the cats eat? And he's a great speaker, so he did this pregnant pause, and he looked out at the audience, and he said, I don't know what the cats would eat, but we would figure it out. I just thought that was stunning. Anyway, 
The reason Marisa is here and not David is because Marisa is a filmmaker and her fabulous documentary that you may have already seen because it's been all over everywhere is called Vegucated. She got three regular Americans off Craigslist to volunteer to be vegan for 90 days. Hey there, Marisa. Hi, Victoria and Adair. How are you guys? We're good. We're great. Now, how are you? Because I said pregnant pause, and you're a pregnant person. (laughs) I am a pregnant person. I'm doing really well, you know. I'm bearing the heat, doing lots of frozen grapes and smoothies with frozen fruits and just trying to stay cool. But otherwise, I'm good. Just actually had a um, a 28-week appointment and no anemia and baby's growing fine. He's right on target developmentally, so that feels great. Oh, that's beautiful. And when will this new vegan come into the world? Well, he's due October 12th. We'll see when he actually makes his appearance. October 12th. Wasn't that John Lennon's birthday? Was little it? Little trivia? I'm not sure. Check it out. I think it's possible. <laughs> It's possible. Don't don't hold me to it. <laughs> so how's that going in the movie business? You know, it's going really well. Um, we, you know, we premiered last fall at the Toronto Independent Film Festival where we walked away with the Best Documentary Award, which was fantastic, you know, given that we had worked on this dang thing for seven years. And um, now we're... Um, really having a lot of fun lining up fall screenings with grassroots organizers all over the world. And we're also in the middle of having the film translated into five more languages. So we have English, we have Spanish, and then we're going to have Chinese, German, French, Brazilian Portuguese, uh, Hebrew, and and I think that's it. But anyway, um, we're yeah, things are going really well. Oh, and we are in Whole Foods um, now in a bunch of Whole Foods stores around the country, but it seems to be mostly in California. But that's what's new in our world. Oh, that is very exciting. I love it. Well, I went to your premiere in New York City, and it was just so, so cool because you had some of those people who had been part of the original experiment. Do you keep in tr- touch with them? Yes, I do. Um, and thanks again for coming to that premiere. That was quite a night. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt really like that was. was um, like that was the night that I delivered my first baby. <laughs> um, well, that'll help you coming. on October 12th. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, I am in touch with them. Brian moved out in ca- to California, and he... Um, is vegan. He found himself a vegan girlfriend who came to a screening and thought he was cute in the movie and got in touch with him. So they're together. He's getting plugged into the vegan scene out there. Um, Ellen is um, the single mom in the film. She moved to, she has a little pied de in the city because her daughter uh, goes to high school at LaGuardia School for Performing Arts and um, is a fantastic dancer. And they're doing really well. Ellen's vegan. She just came to a screening last week at Jiva Mukti Yoga Studio and did Q&A there. And then Tesla is actually in law school um, and is, uh, yeah, and she's veg uh, too. And her husband, who is a boyfriend in the movie, is very supportive and is mostly veg with her now. So she's got support and that makes such a huge difference, as you know. And isn't it nice that we can say things like mostly and be happy about that? I think some people think that vegans are so strident that if somebody isn't all the way right this minute, it bothers us. I'm happy for anybody joining the party at whatever level they find themselves. I am so with you on that, Victoria, because first of all, I think we need to celebrate the victories. Otherwise, we'll all be burnt out and depressed. But secondly, um, you know, the animals don't really care if one person goes 100% vegan or 10 people go 10% vegan. The effect is the same. And, you know, I think, you know, every movement in a more vegan direction should be celebrated. Well, we're celebrating a lot here today, and we're going to come back after the break. We've already got a caller with a question. Stay with us. We'll have more with Adair Moran 
and Marissa Miller-Wolfson. I'm Victoria Moran, and you're listening to Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. From on the air to on the sea, pack your bags and come with me. Hey, hey, what you waiting for? An early winter rendezvous with all the things you love to do. Hey, hey, treat yourself to more. A little more summer, a little more sun, a little less work and a lot more fun. A little more beach, a little more sand, a little less stress and a lot more pain. Join your favorite Unity Online Radio hosts for Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. On this fun-filled Caribbean adventure, enjoy sunshine, exceptional dining, and island excursions. Feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation, plus one-on-one time with some of your favorite hosts. That's Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. To learn more, go to unity.fm slash cruise. A little more sunset, a little more sea, a little less do and a lot more be. Listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria and Adair Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to like Victoria Moran, author on Facebook, and post your questions and comments. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Hey everybody, welcome back to Main Street Vegan. Our guest today is Marisa Miller Wolfson, the filmmaker of the documentary Veducated. What's your website, Marisa? Getveducated.com. Getveducated.com. Love it. Okay, mm-hmm. we have a caller, JL. What's your comment or question? Hi, everybody. I'm a big fan of all of yours. Marisa, huge fan of Veducated. And I was, you know, as you know, very proud to be a supporter of the film. And I just called in because I have a question. I'm currently reading Barbara McDonald's study, um, Once You Know Something, You Can't Not Know It. And she is really looking at how people become vegan, but more importantly, how they stay vegan. And the study is suggesting that ethical vegans remain vegan at a higher rate than dietary vegans. And I'm struck by what you did in the film, which was obviously talk with your participants and the subjects of the film about diet. They certainly changed that. And then you took them to a farm sanctuary and you introduced them to sort of how meat happens in this country. And I'm just wondering if that was intentional or what your plan was when you thought about their journey as new vegans. Great question, Jail. And thank you so much for the kind words. I'm a huge fan of yours, actually. And 
Um, really enjoy what you write and the stories you tell. Love your interviews on the Our Hen House podcast and um, and just everything you do in the blogosphere. Um, yeah, to that point, I have to say it was the ethical issue that really got me in the gut when I learned about it. And I knew that people do have a short attention span when it comes to health, quote-unquote, fads. And I definitely didn't want uh, the film to um, be part of a vegan health fad. I wanted people to know the real, the very real, um, very critical reasons why people do choose a vegan diet for, yeah, for ethical reasons. So... And I, and I actually, I have to say, I did sort of handpick the three film subjects um, knowing that they had lived with companion animals at some point in their lives. So, um, so I, I, I did kind of stack the deck um, in the sense that I, I figured that there was a higher chance of them being relate, you know, being able to relate to the animal issue, um, just, you know, having, having had experience with animals. So, and that really was the most compelling thing to watch in the film, I think, is not not just the health stuff, you know, their um, their health improved and everything, but it was really the worldview that changed and their, um, their realization about their relationship to animals through food. And, and that, I think, was the real turning point in the film when they started to learn about what happens to the animals. Um, and and I, hope that, I hope that showed through. It definitely did. It did. Thank you so much. And JL, before you go, yeah, let's just tell everybody. um, JL Fields does a very popular blog called JL Goes Vegan. She is also, I'm very proud to say, a graduate of Main Street Vegan Academy, and she is a certified vegan lifestyle coach. But before you go, JL, I just wanted to get your take. What do you see? Is it the ethical vegans who stay with this? You know, it's really interesting. Um, I, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm seeing that. And I have to say, even for myself, even though I'd been a long-term vegetarian, when I went vegan, it actually was very much about diet. And it was when I um, visited a farm animal sanctuary, Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary, and then sort of made that connection that in my head I thought if I ever felt a craving for something, I can't imagine going for it when I know sort of how dairy happens. And so that's been my own personal experience, but because I am a blogger and I read a lot of vegan blogs, there's a real distinction sort of between the vegan as food and vegan as, um, as ethics. And I think, you know, I've seen a lot of people who are publicly turning away from a plant-based diet you know, and, and, but there were never people who really identified with the ethics of it. So I'm, that's why I'm reading this study. I'm genuinely interested in understanding how, especially as one of your new vegan lifestyle coaches, Victoria, that I can get out there and, and help people, you know, connect all of the dots so that, you know, really they can live a compassionate life that's both, you know, compassionate to themselves and, you know, to the planet as well. Well, I'm on a campaign to keep the word out there. I mean, I love it that Maurice's film is vegetated. You know, we're not hiding behind some other kind of term. And, and, and Adair's and my new book is Main Street Vegan because finally the world knows what this, this word means. It's like, let's not throw it out as soon as, as people get it. Agreed. I agree. It's, it's, you know, it's one of the fastest growing sectors of the food industry also. If something is labeled vegan, that's something to be proud of now, not something that says, oh, my audience is limited. It says, no, my audience is growing. So that's yeah. a good sign. And a lot of people say, well, I like to eat vegan some of the time. Or, you know, when I'm really taking good care of myself or when I'm preparing for the race or my sister's wedding, then I go vegan for a while. I mean, that's just what we were talking about earlier that happened with Anne Hathaway. She did it for a movie, and now she's doing it for life. Regular people do the same thing. So thanks, JL. Thank you. So, Marisa, you've got more than a movie here. You've got something called the Vegucated Challenge. What's that? The Vegucated Challenge is something we created for people who have seen the film and want to take the next step. It kind of has been happening naturally um, where people watch the film and then they post on our Facebook or to Twitter saying, hey, you know, I'm starting on day one of my own six-week 
vegan challenge. And, um, you know, that's exciting for us to see, but we also want to support them. So we've created this little um, part of our website where you can sign up to receive one email a day for 30 days with a practical tip or trick in going vegan. We have shopping lists. We have links to recipes. We have other ideas for resources and so forth. And um, you can choose to go vegan cold tofurkey for a month or you can um, choose to go vegan within a month. So you can do the other track where every week you phase out a different animal product category pretty much. Um, so we're, we're still building up that part of the website, but the challenges are working and they're going, so we hope as many people sign up as possible. We also just finalized the design for our community site um, this morning, so soon we'll have a whole community site where people can post their own um, vlogs and mini blogs and forum posts with their questions about going vegan and their experiences with it as well. So we're really excited to be building that. And, and is that where they can get their vegan buddies? You're going to have a vegan buddy locator? We are. We're going to have a little map on there where um, you can, if you're vegan or you're veg curious or vegan curious or vegan newbie, you um, post yourself, you put a little pin drop on the map where you are. It's an easy form to fill out. And someone else can find you in your area, and then you guys can exchange emails and go from there. It's very simple. Um, but it's a good way for people to connect with others in their geographical area because social support, you know, as you say in your book, um, really is very important. Well, it is. And you can find all this at getveducated.com. Yeah, I, when I was in Florida last time, actually at the same um, spa where, where I was last week, I was working with a woman who lived in such a tiny town that not only was it a small town, but it was an island. So you had to get a ferry to get even to the mainland. And she said, oh, I'm the only vegetarian. There's, I know everybody in town. There's nobody doing this. And I said, well, you know, let's just go online. Let's just check out meetups. Let's see, you know, if there's something near where you are. Well, there was a vegetarian meetup on her little island, and she was just like, I thought I knew everybody here. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so funny. Always... That's, that's, a, that's a great story. Yeah, I, you know, I'm always surprised when I go to a fabulous vegan restaurant in New York City, and I don't know anybody and so it's the exact opposite experience where I'm like, oh, it means that um, it's not only, you know, the same 30 vegans who are, you know, patronizing every restaurant. Yeah, and that it's is actually totally, growing. Yeah, that has happened in the last few years. So yeah. where can people watch Veducated? Well, they can buy our DVD through our website or through Amazon.com. They can also um, get it on iTunes and on Amazon Prime and Amazon Instant. And then they can also check our website to find a community, to see if there's a community screening near them. And if they do feel so inclined, they can host one themselves. And we hope as many people do as possible. You know, that is so exciting. These community screenings are so much fun. I remember doing one back in the ancient 80s of a film, not a lovely, delightful film like yours, but a pretty graphic, gory film about what happens to animals. It was called The Animals Film. I don't know if that was before your time or if you ever ran into that one. But just putting together that screening and getting people in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, into a dark theater on a sunny Sunday afternoon, (laughs) and we'd been through a long winter, the sun was very precious, was just the most amazing thing because even then there were people who cared, and now there are just scads and oodles and millions. You just must be so gratified, every city. Uh, I have to say it it is such a great feeling to know that people are going through the work of putting on an event, and then other people are taking time out of their sunny Sunday to come and watch this this film. But um, it's just so gratifying to hear the stories of people who've seen it. One gentleman went to a screening in Cardiff, Wales, and has since um, bought a screening kit that, that allows him to um, hold lots and lots of screenings all over. So he's doing multiple screenings in Bristol in the U.K., and he's teaming up with VegFest U.K. 
and he got sponsors. He got on the BBC radio, um, you know, to plug the event and be interviewed. So it's amazing what what an incredible ripple just having one person at one screening can create. So even if, you know, you don't have a huge theater sold out, you know, 20, you know, 200 people, even if you hold a little screening in your yoga studio or in your place of worship or even in your living room, um, if you just get that one person energized, you know, they can create so many ripples. You can never truly comprehend the change that that one act can make. Well, talk to us about the art of this. What, are you a filmmaker by training and profession? What got you to do this? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. This was my film school. Um, I had gone around the country organizing screenings of um, fantastic films like The Witness and Peaceable Kingdom, and I just saw that it was such a such an unbelievably effective tool. So then I was sitting and supersize me one day, and I thought, okay, someone needs to make the reverse of supersize me, but cover the ethical part, like JL was talking about, and um, and from the vegan perspective. And I went to my um, former boss, Mary Max, and she said, you know, let's do this. And naively, naively, we thought that it would just take a year and cost, you know, a few thousand dollars, but you know, seven. Years later, and I'm not even going to mention how many dollars later, um, we, yeah, we finally have this, but it's been a real uh, learning experience. I mean, we did learned everything from scratch. I learned Final Cut Pro. Um, I reached out to people who came out of the woodwork to help. I mean, this community has been so supportive um, and generous with their time and their skills. Um, you know, they say it takes a, you know, a village to... To grow a child, is that is that the phrase? It takes a village. Um, it is. But I tell you, it takes a whole it takes a whole world to grow a, a film because you know we have helpers all over, and um, I'm just so grateful for the support because I, there's no way I could have done this on my own. But it also goes to show that anybody can make a can make a film um, with without any experience at all. And I encourage people um, to try it. They don't have to go full feature length, but even just a short film um, can be a, a really powerful form of expression. Oh, that's exciting. So everybody needs to go polish their lenses <laughs> <laughs> and be aspirational. We have a screenplay. Did you know this? Do you know about Miss Liberty for a, a feature I film? I know. I'm, I'm so excited about the script. Yeah. yeah it's very exciting. It, my husband actually started it, which is so interesting because when I met him, he'd never thought about cows or vegans or anything like that. But, you know, you kind of share the message. And so Miss Liberty is a feature film about a cow who escapes from a slaughterhouse. And just like you're talking about, the time frame is just so long. And it's not like writing a book where, you know, you just, if you have a pencil, (laughs) you can get started. And it does take funding and all that. But things are are looking up. We're getting some, some great interest from some some people who could make this happen, and it's really, really exciting. So I'll let you oh, know I'm how it goes. So excited! Please do. And I also love. Um, I mean, it's based. You know, it's based on a true story. But I love that you're taking. Um, a, you're coming from a more fictional perspective. I mean, you're you're sort of recreating the story. Is that correct? Yeah, it's actually, it's inspired by many true stories. It's inspired by every cow who ever escaped from a slaughterhouse. Because what happens when this happens, everybody is on the side of the cow. There's a lovely young man that I met at a conference not long ago who worked in a slaughterhouse for his PhD. And he wrote a, a PhD thesis and then a book called Every 12 Seconds based on this experience. But while he was there, a cow escaped from a slaughterhouse. Not only did the community rise up saying this cow should not be slaughtered this cow is brave this cow deserves something better the slaughterhouse workers were sitting around the lunch table saying this cow should not be slaughtered this cow should be freed these are people who kill cows for a living but there's something about when we get to know one of them and she has a personality and, and we see that she does have qualities that we think of as being human 
it's very different. And so we think in telling the story, it, it's not going to be an animal rights message per se straight at people, but it's certainly going to spark some thought. So we sounds need to wonderful. To, it sounds a bit like a Charlotte's Web for adults. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Maybe we'll use the, that tagline. We have another break coming up, and we will be back with more Main Street Vegan Radio with our lovely guest, Marisa Miller-Wolfson, fabulous film, Vegucated, website, getvegucated.com. Stay with us. We'll be back with more Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Here on Unity FM, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you are seeking? Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, for The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. For tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for being with us today as we talk about Veducated and all things vegan. Adair, you've been pretty quiet. You haven't any thoughts over there? I'm just listening. That's a good thing. You had a long work day yesterday, I believe. It- at the gym. Yes, yes, I was lifeguarding. Yes, well, actors have many day jobs, I have come to learn. So, Marisa, you used a lot of humor in, in this film, and, and how do you use humor to spread this message? Well, I think humor is such a great tool for um, bringing tension. You know, there's a term, icebreaker, you know, in sort of like a uh, in a situation where you don't know people and you're a little uncomfortable. Well, this isn't, you know, veganism for many people is uncomfortable. It is new territory. And if you use, you know, humor, then it, it lightens the mood, of course. But it also conveys um, that we're all human and, you know, humor is the, is the great, how shall I say this? It, just, it shows what we all have in common. And, um, and that we can laugh at ourselves. And there's also the stereotype kind of, of the, of the, you know, sanctimonious vegan. And that's no fun. Who wants, to, you know, who wants to spend time <laughs> with the preachy sanctimonious vegan? But if, um, you know, but if you're, if you have a sense of humor and humility, the words humor and humility have the same root, um, then I think people can relate better and the atmosphere is relaxed. And I, I think it's just, I think it's really important. So that's one reason why we chose three very funny people in the film. Um, you know, Ellen's a stand-up comic. Brian should be one. And Ellen and uh, Tesla's just an open book. I mean, her face just tells everything that's going on inside of her. So, um, 
so yeah, so we made humor a big part of the a big part of the, of the film, and I think um, it should play a, a bigger role in advocacy um, than it does. Oh, I think people who are interested in making the world better need more of it. I mean, whether we're working for animal issues or human issues, I know there's a lot of pain in the world, but laughter also exists, and it's really good. Speaking of of, uh, your film subject, who was uh, a stand-up comic, I had a a lovely uh, coaching client yesterday, a a Main Street vegan uh, coaching client, who turned out to be a stand-up comic. I didn't even know this when when the client showed up, and I've been happier ever since. I mean, seriously, just being around somebody funny and lighthearted, it's so healing for the soul. It sure is, especially when we are so aware of the suffering. Um, you know, the, a good path to burnout is not surrounding yourself with funny people. Yes. I mean, you're just heading for burnout right there. But if you, um, even if you're having a stressful day or you've watched something really tough, to just go and watch a funny movie or go watch some stand-up comedy, it is very healing, isn't it? Mm, yeah, and and films are fabulous. I mean, your film is fabulous. We have so many good veggie films. I, I'm kind of a documentary junkie. My husband has said to me, you would watch a documentary about a guy brushing his teeth. And it's like, well, if he discovered some interesting dental hygiene plan, yes, I probably would. So I'm talking <laughs> with Marisa Miller-Wolfson, filmmaker of Veducated. If you have questions for Marisa about filmmaking or vegan pregnancy or Veducated or anything else you want to talk with any of us about, our toll-free number is 888 888- Five five eight six four eight nine. That's eight 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 five five eight six four eight nine. So, Marisa, when you were looking for these these subjects, I know you went on Craigslist, which I think is just brilliant. <laughs> and so, so now, but what did you look for, and and how did you find them? I know you said that they had had companion animals, but. Were you looking for a sparkle in the eye? What What was your audition process? Well, we interviewed about twenty, yeah, about twenty five different people, and um, we did want to pick people who really didn't know that much about food and where food comes from. So, I mean, because it's not that fun to watch somebody who already knows a lot. You know, you don't see a journey there. So, we did pick people who who didn't seem um, to know that much. First of all. Secondly, we picked people um, who had different challenges and who came from different backgrounds so that if um, someone's watching the film, they can say, oh, you know what, I'm a single mom too, or I have two jobs, I don't have time to cook, or, um, or like Tesla, you know, I, but I don't like vegetables and I don't like beans. I couldn't do that. So we picked people with um, challenges so that we could see how they navigate those challenges and see if they come to a resolution um, and also to heighten the, you know, the drama because you always want something interesting to watch. Um, so they gave us plenty that was interesting to watch. And finally, we chose them based on their likability and their watchability um, and relatability. So, you know, if they made us smile in the casting interview, we thought, okay, if they can make us smile and care about them in, you know, five minutes of chatting with them, I bet you anything they would be interesting to watch for 90 minutes or ended up being 77 minutes. So so that's how we chose them. And um, and where are we going? I mean, people say, you know, you really struck gold with these three film subjects. I mean, I'm no film pro, as you know. We had some production issues. You know, it doesn't look like a glossy, gorgeous film, but it's got a lot of heart because um, because the people who we have are so relatable. Well, it may not be glossy, but it is darn gorgeous. I love your movie. I've seen it four or five times, and I laugh every time. You've also staged it really well with your field trips and your let's get out on the road and go to the farms. It's really, really, really wonderful. So, Thank you, Victoria. I'm so honored. I've been a fan of yours for, gosh, I think I went to maybe an Earth Save dinner where you spoke at some Chinese restaurant on the oh. Upper West Side about 10 years ago. I remember that. It was actually awful because it was noisy. 
And I, I was it talking was noisy. over all the waiters and, and the people being served. I'm not sure I even lived in New York then, so I wasn't used to all that noise. Speaking of people with things to say, we have Colette on the phone with a question. Colette. Enjoy Colette? The film. Um, thank you so much for your work on it. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more uh, about, and pardon me if you've covered this because I tuned in a little late, but how, what was the process after you chose these people and you knew basically what direction you wanted to go? How much of the film was planned out and scripted and how much of it was re- really came together in editing afterwards. Did you know where you were going, I guess, is my question, or how much did it evolve, um, you know, along the way? Great question, Colette. Thank you. I started out, you know, there, there was a little bit of a formula that had been set, sort of a template that had been set by other films like Super Size Me, where you, um, you know, you get to know the, well, first you start with your premise, and then you say, and then you get to know your people, and you get to know what they regularly eat, and then we started along this journey, and I knew that I wanted to um, cover basically a few different chapters. I wanted to do the how-tos first and do, you know, the health tests and the sit-down with Furman, um, you know, to get their basic bloods and their basic stats down, health stats down, and then, you know, go through the store and go through the how-tos, um, and to get some humor and watch them kind of fumble, you know, you, you want to see that, right? Because we can all relate. Right, right. And, then, um, and then I knew that sort of the climax would be somewhere around when they find out about animals. Um, so I showed them, you know, footage, and we went and did all these field trips, but the specifics of what we were going to do didn't come together until we were in production. We didn't know we were going to go to a um, Umani Farm Animal Sanctuary. We didn't know that they would refer us to a family egg farm uh, who actually had hens and battery cages. We didn't expect that. We didn't expect for them to give us chickens that we then rescued, you know. And then I knew we'd go to the Veg Summerfest, um, but... You know, we certainly didn't plan to snoop around on a factory farm. Wow. Um, Marisa, I hate to all. interrupt you, but we have another question. Thanks, Colette, for your question. Oh, and just because time is escaping, we need to move on yes. to Sarah. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Good. How are you, and what's your question? Um, so it is along the same lines as the previous question, but... Um, I also was part of Main Street Vegan Academy. Hi, Victoria. And I am getting prepared to launch my vegan lifestyle coaching business at the end of August. And one of the things that I have been contemplating is actually um, having um, sort of a a screening, perhaps as educated on some of the local universities down here in Washington, D.C., and having some of the area students blog about trying to become vegan for a set period of time. So whether it be seven days, 14 days, 21 days, whatever it is that they think that they might be able to buy into and have them write about their experiences through my blog. And so my question for Marisa is, what have been your experiences in working with um, students who are in this, you know, this college age spectrum and how has their response been to either to your movie or to adopting veganism even as a short-term experiment. Marisa, Marisa, one minute. Oh, boy. I just have to say, college students are fantastic. Um, They are so receptive. Their minds are easily blown. They do have logistic issues around money and convenience and time um, that that you may want to walk them through as a coach. But um, Mm -hmm. I find that they are a, a fantastic group group to reach out to, and so I I wish you the best of luck with them. Thank you so much. They are at least at the age of being flexible, (laughs) flexible in thinking as well as other ways. 
So, Marisa, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you. I hope everybody can see your wonderful film. It is getveducated.com. That's the website. The film is Veducated, and you'll absolutely love it. So thank you. Thank you for making it, and thank you for being on our show today. Thanks so much, Victoria. It's always such a pleasure to speak well, with look, you. You're just such a shining light. I well, love it. I'm so glad to be in community with you. So are you. God bless you and your family, baby-to-be, husband, and cats. And <laughs> thanks, everybody who listened in today. We are going to have some fabulous, fabulous shows coming up, so please become a regular listener of Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio. Next week, our guest will be Ruby Roth, author of the controversial children's book, Vegan is Love. Ooh, controversy on Unity Online Radio. Sounds good, doesn't it? Okay, I'm Victoria, wishing you well. I'm Adara Moran. And we will see you next week with more Main Street Vegan. All the best. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria and Adair Moran entertain, educate, and inspire you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria and Adair or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists and students from Unity Institute and Seminary, topics like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care, religion and politics, current events. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? Dr. Tom and his students will talk about the hard questions facing all people today, sometimes joined by rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better. He's going to introduce a controversial topic and let students and special guests go for it. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he will keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Reverend Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, affirm silently to yourself. Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now, in the silence, to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth, is coming to you in divine order, through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp 
Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts. 